Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today on Rambling About Cars, the new Nissan Z is here, and it's coming for Supra. The new NSX Type S is here, and it got overshadowed again. And there's an updated Lincoln Navigator because we have to have our big luxury SUVs in the world. So, Zippy's ears, it's podcast time. I'm Christopher Smith. Mr. Chris Bruce, across what the way. What did you just say? Zippy's ears? Zippy's ears. Zippy oh. Z. Zip. Okay. Z, you know, yeah. Nissan Z. Zippy. Zippy's ears. It flows I, off the tongue. It could be a thing. I don't know if it flows off the tongue, but okay. Yeah, let's get this show started. Well, well just go go with me here a little bit. It's been yeah. a long week and a half. Zippy's ears. I love it. Okay. I love it. Well, so, let's, speaking let's, of which, yes. let's start with the new Z because it's finally here. Let, question mark. I always say that because the 350Z and the 370Z have been around for ages. You know, obviously the 370Z took over for the 350. It's just the fact that Nissan just refused to update it, do anything with it. it. It they just left it to wither on the vine. And I think when it debuted, it was fine. It was certainly oh, fine. Yeah. It, it was, was okay. Cool. It was competitive even. But it, they just refused to do anything with it. And well, I mean, aside from some graphics and some special editions with some you, more, you graphics, and I both know that doesn't count. Yeah, it it doesn't count. And yeah, for the record, I love this the three seventy Z. I like it better than the three fifty Z. But when you let it go for a decade, yeah. So, but new Z is here. Yep. And I mean, the bones are kind of still the same underneath. But I don't, I don't care, honestly, Bruce. I love it. Um, I don't love it as much as I wanted to love it. Um, I I still find the square front uh, a little awkward in appearance. Um, I wish they'd rounded that a little bit more, maybe shrunk it down. I know they were trying to go for the original 240 look, but the, that front grill on the new Z, it, it's just it's a little too rectangular. It's just a little too sharp. I think it needs to be a little bit smaller, but in my mind, it's a minor gripe. I think this thing looks great and I can't wait to drive it. I don't, maybe I'm just in a bad mood today. I don't know, man, but <laughs> like, it just looks like a 370 Z with a nose job to me. Like, I want to like it. I want to like pat Nissan on the back for this. Like, good job. You finally brought out a new one. And I don't know. I just it's, I mean, it's the the bones are the same. We know that we know that the bones are the same. Yeah. Nissan, they're not in a position to really engineer a completely new car from the ground up. They are not. And, and really, I mean, I don't think the bones of the 370 Z were bad uh, despite their age. I think it's still a fun to drive sports car. Um, it just needed a major update on the outside. It needed a significant update for the interior and and i mean and that's that's what we have here right yeah that's true. i mean when i mean when you look at the interior it's got i mean it has the the full digital instrument cluster now 
Um, and it has the, I have to look at my notes for this because this is still coming in kind of new for us. Um, the center touch screen standard is eight inches, I believe. Well, here, tell you, you what, can, you get a nine inch would, optional touch screen. If um, you would be so kind to pull up some photos for me and I will read our okay. listeners some specs just to kind what, of give what, them an idea of what's happening here. Very good. Very good. Um, but I can't quite do both at once. So yeah, um, <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it, I don't have enough hands. Um, so it is arriving in two trim levels. We're going to get spe- sport and performance. In addition to that, the performance is going to be available in the Z proto spec. Um, they are only going to make 240 of those. You're clever, Nissan. Good job. <laughs> if, and for anyone who doesn't realize Nissan, we see what you're doing Z, there. yeah, we, we gotcha. Um, regardless of which one you get, uh, twin turbocharged three liter V6 that's making 400 horsepower and 350 pound feet of torque. That's an engine that more or less exists already in the Nissan stable, um, in the Infinity models. Uh, you can get that in there. Redline, red, I forget. It, it's either Redline or red models. Um, but that's an engine that exists. But you know, now you're getting it into a smaller, sportier car. So that's not. You know, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's not they didn't engineer a brand new engine for this vehicle, which honestly, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm really fine with that. Um, Again, we're talking about a company that that, that has some limited shape. They have some limited resources here. So the fact that they even have anything at all, I think bravo to them. And I know listeners no, I'm not particularly fond of Supra, the uh, the A80, or the new one, which is really just a coach-built BMW. Nissan did this on their own. They didn't. They didn't go pull a car from somebody else. They pulled their own car, and yeah, they took the three seventy Z they had and they made it as nice as they possibly could. <laughs> which I'm and I'm fine with that. And we don't know. We don't know specific pricing on this vehicle yet, right? So but a we lot think, of numbers have been thrown around that it's going to start at around forty grand, and that's going to start around forty grand at four hundred horsepower. There, there's yeah. no, there's no four cylinder model here. No, so when I said, nice. when I said in the beginning, the new Z is here and it's coming for Supra. Um, I mean, you're you're getting the six cylinder Supra starting what around fifty? Is isn't it north of fifty? I think it's right at 50, right mistaken. around 50. So you can have your two door, two seat Japanese sports car for 50 grand with a little less horsepower or 40 grand with a little bit more horsepower. And when you get in the Nissan Z, it's a Nissan. You get in the Toyota Supra. It has Toyota branding and it's a good car, but I mean, it's not Toyota. I think. I think Nissan is in a good position to really grab some of the market with with the Z. I mean, it's we know it's never going to be a huge volume seller, right? Right. It's it, it's it's a niche sports car. Let's take a look here at the interior. So um, just super quick, just a, the six cylinder Supra starts at forty nine nine ninety. Okay. So ten grand more. Okay. Basically. I I mean I mean that's a that's a big that's a big difference, man. Yeah, for for Nissan to come in with their own vehicle, with their own parts, I don't care that it's it's the 370 underneath. I really don't care. They did. I think they they've done a really good job on the interior. We're looking at it now with a digital instrument cluster. I think the and interior they, is a strong point. And they still incorporate the three little dials right on top of the dash. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a neat touch. And also, 
it's something you can't get with a Supra, six-speed manual transmission. That's we right. know we know that the automatics, modern automatics, the dual-clutch automatics, they can shift far, far quicker than a human ever could from a sheer standpoint of performance. You you can't beat that. But no, and you you will be able to get an optional nine-speed automatic with this. Yes, so, yes, you'll, you'll know, be able to choose. Not the only option you can, you know. You, but you, with but with four hundred horsepower, I. I, I would happily take the six speed because I'm totally. not looking. I'm not looking to to nab a, an extra two tenths of a second off of a lap time in this car. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would, but I wouldn't be doing it to try to win a race. I would just be doing it to try to for you. feel good for yeah, feel good about myself, right? Yeah. I mean, we could be looking at like the last, and and maybe I'm getting a little melodramatic here. We could be looking at the last proper two seat internal combustion driver's car here maybe with the, with the z i, mean, I is, think is, that is might, anybody else gonna I come out with a new that's one overly dramatic necessarily especially in this price point like you're, you're gonna have your supercars that do it certainly but i mean but we've i mean been hearing that next gen mustang might go all-wheel drive we've definitely been hearing this next gen mustang is going to go hybrid camaro's dead Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't heard hide or hair of a new Miata, so who knows what's going on there? It maybe is a strong maybe is what I would say to your statement. You know, I mean, unless Honda was listening to our program, uh, what was it last week or a couple weeks ago? Well, we'll where, get to a thing later. I don't think they were. <laughs> where where we said, you know what? If you want to bring back the S two thousand, you need to do it now before it goes electric. You know that yeah. could. That could that could be a thing that would make me very happy, but the the new Z here this makes me happy, and yeah, I mean it's it's got the twin turbo V six, um, you know, taken from Infinity. I'm fine with that. I'm fine yeah. with 400 horsepower. 400 yeah, horsepower. That's, that's a good number. In this car, I know there will be people that are like, oh, it doesn't have 600 horsepower, and it it doesn't get to 60 in under three seconds. I don't care. Four seconds to 60 is fast. Six seconds to 60 is fast. Yeah, to be clear, what, we, so what Nissan said is that it would be 15, 15.15% quicker than the 370Z to 60. We mm-hmm. did the math. That suggests high four-second figures. Yeah, and I don't really know why Nissan is being cagey on that figure, to be honest. I don't know um, why they're being cagey about price. Just come out and say it, but yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, when is this when is this car coming out? It, I mean, we still have a little ways to go before we can buy it. It's not gonna. It's not like it's coming out next week, right? Early. They're saying early 2022. So I would, to me, that means first half of 2022 yeah. in automaker speak. So I mean, there's still a lot of time for them to tweak some things, maybe yeah. find some ways to cut cost here and there. I mean, it's not uncommon for automakers to uh, to not really step full on into every single spec unless they're going to put the thing no. on sale next week. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if we're talking around 40 grand for a car, that's zero to 60 in a four second range. Um, it should be just outstanding as far as handling. Um, I, I mean, aside from that nose, there's really nothing I don't like. We're looking at the taillights. Now, if you, uh, if you're not following us on YouTube, motor one podcast on YouTube, you can see what we're talking about here. Um, I love the 300ZX themed taillights here. I agree. I love that they put so many just you know little touches on the exterior of the car. But when we get back to that nose, 
it's just it's too it's just too rectangular. It should have been a little bit narrower, and and I'll probably harp on that for a little while. Um, I agree. I, I I can't fight you there. I think it you know it looks fine. I think the similarities to the 370Z are what hurt me the most. I just feel like you know give it make it look slightly different. Make it you know, it looks like a 370Z with a nose job to me. But I agree with you that the interior uh, updates are fantastic because mm -hmm. the 370Z is so old it and was it has so been dated. needing those updates. And like, you know, it goes back to that letting it wither on the uh, on the vine thing that it's just it's been bad. It it very much looked its age. Yeah. And I do hear what you're saying about the 370Z bones. Um, it reminds me of all of the hate that the Mustang got after the Fox body. Uh, because you had a Fox body that started in 79 mm -hmm. and then Ford was going to just get rid of the rear wheel drive platform altogether. And of course we know the probe was supposed to be the next Mustang. Yep. We know that didn't happen. So Ford needed to change course. So that Fox body platform was modified uh, for the 94 Mustang for the, the, uh, the SN 95. And then that Fox platform was still around for the new edge. They went all the way through 2004 and I just I remember hearing the gripes all the time about oh I can't believe this, this car is terrible the the platform is old I mean it got modified over the the time I will concede that the the new Edge Mustangs the ninety nine to 04s, the ergonomics on those things are just completely weird and and I'm pretty forgiving on that sort of thing um, but they're very weird so I hear what you're saying about the three seventy Z bones but I mean I think those bones were pretty good to start with I think they had um, a good foundation and yeah i can't wait to drive this thing um, oh, totally I'm, this is this is one of the more exciting debuts that i've been waiting for i kind of wish nissan would have made it a little bit different from their prototype from the z proto because yeah, i'm fine with it's, that it's it's i mean it's pretty much the z proto um the, i think they changed better, though in a way like okay Let's look at Subaru, what they do. They make a concept that looks drop-dead sexy. You look at it and you say, make that, and then they come out with something that looks completely different, and you're like, why didn't you make it look like a concept? I, I, I prefer the opposite. Show me a concept. Show me something that looks close, and then you know, massage it to be roadworthy and give it to me. Not... I, that's just me. It's, you know, it's totally an opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it depends on the car itself. Uh, and maybe I'm saying that this time around because when the Z Proto came out, I was like, okay, that's a concept. Mm -hmm. There are lots of things I like about it. There are a few things I don't. Hopefully, they'll fix the things that I don't like. And they didn't change anything, namely no. that that front that still looks kind of bulky. I am told by quite a few people that have seen it in person that it does look better in person. So I will reserve further judgment on that until I get a chance to see it in person. And, oh, yes, I will see it in person. So I'm excited about that one. Yeah, there you go. I look forward to seeing it too. Um, uh, how about the how about the Acura NSX because that uh, the new Type S debuted. Yep. Um, I mean the the Nissan just debuted here um, two days just, ago? just yesterday. Oh, well, yesterday. I, I, yesterday, a few days, days ago, ago, whatever. A few days ago, as you're listening to the podcast, it, it debuted on uh, on Tuesday, August seventeenth. So. Um, that's going to be a few days after this podcast comes out, but Acura NSX type S was a few days before that. Mm -hmm. 
And we're going to talk about that right now. Bruce, I, you wrote this up. I can pull up some photos if you want to talk about this uh, for our listeners. I can do this one off the dome, more or less. Um, you, want to, you want to go for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we talked about this with Clint because we knew it was coming. Obviously, yep. we knew this was a thing that was going to happen. We just didn't really know that much about it. Um, and for anyone watching on YouTube, you'll see kind of the, the hero shot of it here. And I think uh, it looks I that. think it looks great, by the way. Oh, it looks some fantastic. Pe- some people don't like the, the new nose, the the updated nose they gave it. And I, yeah, and I don't. Those people are done. <laughs> Thank you. We agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, it's a little if anything, it's a, it's a little too edgy. Um, I, I think it looks I, fantastic. I, I would prefer a little more symmetry with some of those angles, but it's a minor gripe. Yeah, I think it looks I think it looks very mean. I think it looks very aggressive. Um, I think it's a fitting it's a fitting way to send the NSX yeah. um, into the sunset. So this is a one year only model. They're going to make 350 of them. 300 of those are going to be for the United States, which kind of suggests to me that maybe the new NSX never kind of got traction outside of the U.S. Or maybe it's because it's built here. I don't know. But it's interesting to me that the vast majority are going to be for the United States rather than outside of the United States. Um, uh, The big kind of the headline feature is that it does have a power upgrade. It's going to be making 600 horsepower, 492 pound feet of torque. That's up over 573 horsepower and 476 pound feet for the standard. Um, also you're going to be able to get an optional lightweight package. That's going to reduce weight by just about 58 pounds, which it's not a lot, but you know, it's, it's you on a diet after eight months, you know, it, it, it's something it's not, it's not nothing. Um, and that is going to add what, so the standard version is going to be 169,000 or 169, $500. And with the lightweight package, one hundred and eighty-two thousand five hundred dollars. So I mean, it's I mean, it's a supercar price, that's for sure. It totally is. It it you know it totally is. But again, there's only three three hundred of them going to be made for the United States. Mm-hmm. So if you want one, that's what you got to pay. And well, I think they're going to sell all three hundred. I can't imagine that someone you know there there are going to be people out there that's that are going to balk at that price. With, I mean, with Type S, I think there'll be 300 people that are that have deep pockets that are absolutely enthusiasts for Honda and Acura mm-hmm. that'll pick up this car. Um, you know, talking about sales and maybe it didn't do as well outside the United States. Um, I mean, I don't have the sales stats right in front of me. I know it. I mean, it's it was never going to be a, a huge selling car. But I guess I ask the question, if you have one hundred and sixty to one hundred eighty thousand dollars to spend on just a fun car. Is the is the NSX on your list? And I'm not sure that it's on my list. And I think I think that's rather telling. I mean, if I have that kind of money to spend, I'm instantly thinking about Porsche or I'm, I'm maybe I'm instantly thinking about one of the big AMG Mercs or something. Um, I mean, that's that's still going to be out of the range of like, a, you know, a lot of the new Ferraris, Lamborghini. You're not going to touch any of that. You will get some used, though. And maybe uh, I mean, maybe instead of a brand new supercar, you go for something used. I don't know. That's it's an interesting question that I think could be part of the reason why uh, maybe the NSX just wasn't as big um, as as 
Acura wanted it to. So and we're looking at this picture now on uh, the YouTube video, which is the new NSX Type S posed in front of an, the original. I don't think it's a Type S. It's an original NSX. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, if you had 180 grand to spend, are you like me and you just buy the original? Because I think if I if I had that money just sitting in my pocket, like I got that money to spend, which I don't. But if I did... I think I'm just going to buy an original and it's going to be from what I've seen, super nice examples, a hundred, 120. If you get a a steal of a deal, maybe 80 grand. I think I'm going to do that. Where are you at? No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, The, the original NSX, I mean, it was cool. It never really, it never really got me super excited. Like it did some people. Okay. Um, I mean, if I have that money, like I said, I'm I'm probably looking to to Porsche first and foremost. Um, I mean, the, the, yeah, that's 911 I mean, turbo money. I, I, I mean, a decently optioned 911 turbo. Yeah, and I mean, the, the new 911s are so just so so amazing on all levels. Yeah. Um, it's so I, I feel I feel terrible for Acura. Um, and I kind of touched on this in my intro when I said they got overshadowed again mm-hmm. because I, I find it extraordinarily ironic when the second generation NSX came out. Those of you listening, you might remember, debuted at the Detroit Auto Show at the same time as the Ford GT. Now, the world knew that the new NSX was coming. The Ford GT was kind of a surprise. And when that debuted... It was like everybody and their brother forgot about the new NSX. And it was tragic because such a great car. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Here's a new Ford GT. They did a really great job of keeping it secret, and it stole the uh, the NSX Thunder. Now, here comes Type S, the swan song for the second generation. We're going to debut it at Monterey. We know it's coming. What kind of surprise is this out of nowhere? A freaking Lamborghini Countach. <laughs> A brand new Countach, the first time that Lamborghini has ever brought that name. name. Yeah, brought back a nameplate. And poor Acura, they got overshadowed again. Again. Uh, And now I'm sitting here talking about, well, if I've got that money to spend, I'm probably going for Porsche. Ah, I feel terrible because the NSX is a fantastic car. I I think it looks great. I think it has outstanding performance. Uh, but it just it just it can't get a break, you know. Yeah. It can't get a break. Um, well, I mean, what do you what do you listeners think? Can Acura get a break? Um, are there cars that you would choose over an NSX? I mean, let us know. You know the email by now. If you don't, it's podcast at motor one dot com. Um, what else we got to talk about here, Bruce? Well, just, uh, as you talk about that, I'm thinking. Should we call the NSX the Rodney Dangerfield of uh, sports <laughs> oh, cars? No. It just don't can't me, get no respect. Oh, don't get me started on like, Rodney. I'm just, such a huge Rodney fan. You're, you're hitting me in my heart right now. It's just, it, it's a sad, weird story. And there's a really good book in there somewhere that parallels NSX development with everything else <laughs> that's going around, going on in the auto world at that time. And it just every time it has that brief like pinnacle during that Super Bowl commercial with Seinfeld yep. and Jay Leno. And I think I want to say I was at the Monterey Auto Show at, or the Monterey Car Week after that. 
and I was talking to some Acura people and they were like, yeah, Seinfeld and Leno are both really fighting to have the very first car. Like they thought it was going to be a huge thing. And then, like you said, the GT hits and all these other supercars hit and it just gets buried. It, it kind of does. And now I, and it's not a bad car. You. It's just, no, like, it, it's it has, not, it just, it just, it doesn't get any respect, you know? Yeah. It just doesn't get any respect. I mean, the car was fine. You know, it's fine now, but last week it was in rough shape, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The car went to a psychiatrist and said, Doc, I'm going crazy. The world hates me. Doc says, don't be insane. The world hasn't met you yet. Come on. Sorry, I, yeah. I I had to bust into a little bit of Rodney there. No, no. If I could do a good Rodney, I would have. And if anyone has, oh, I, seen I don't it, do a good Rodney. Trust me. <laughs> Rodney just, Dangerfield on uh, the Carson Show is fantastic. There's some there, really good like compilations so of him appearing on that online, and, and it, it is just it's just one liner after one liner, and it's so self deprecating, and it's so good. Well, I, I mean, that was I mean, that was way back in the day. I mean, it, it was basically his whole stand up routine and he'd come out on stage, do a little bit of his routine. And then he goes sit down with Carson mm-hmm. thinking, OK, we're going to do the interview. No, it's just more of his routine. And Carson yeah. just sitting there, just 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 lining him up. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh-huh. good. So 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 how's your heart? How, how's your how's your heart, Rodney? Hey, hey we're, we're not ready to talk about my doctor yet. Dr. Vinny Bubachi. We're not ready to talk about him yet. <laughs> anyway, let's talk Anyways, about cars because that's what we're here for. Although we're, we're rambling, we're rambling. Damn it, YouTube! If copyright weren't an issue, we would be playing so many just YouTube videos. Oh my god! Of just random stuff that come to our mind, like like the uh, Rodney Dangerfield clip we're just talking about, but other stuff too. We, anyway. we need a we need an op ed now asking people. Is the Acura NSX the Rodney Dangerfield of supercars? I've never is, seen that. And it, it, and really it, to- it totally is. It totally is. It just came at the wrong time. And it, so it never got respect. And sales have been horrible. It, yeah. Anyway. Okay. And, and it's, it's owed so much more. Yes. So I'm going to put this one on you because you wrote up the story. The refreshed Lincoln Navigator. We have a refreshed Lincoln Navigator. Um, and it's worth talking about because SUVs, I mean, obviously everybody's buying SUVs. Right. Um, and the Navigator, is is the Navigator the Rodney Dangerfield of large luxury SUVs? No. kind of is. No. The Escalade's the one I, that I everyone mean, maybe. talks about. I, I mean, then... Escalade gets all the attention. Yeah. Um, and now we have the Jeep Grand Wagoneer that is stepping up and getting attention. You've got and Lincoln's, GLS, and Lincoln's got over an here X7. saying, yeah. you know, hey, I, I have like 30 way front seats with upgraded massagers and the second row passengers have massagers now. You know, what about me? So, yeah, we have brand new Lincoln Navigator that well, not a brand new. It's it's, it's just refreshed. a, a it, it's a refresh. The bones underneath are still the same. Yeah. Um, it has a massive nose. Uh, Bruce, you do you have some photos handy, or I can yeah. I can pull these no, up no, really I quick. I got it. Oh, you, know, you got, got it. it you got it right there. Okay. Yep. We'll 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 let uh, we'll let our YouTube fan base here see what we're talking about. You're not gonna miss the new nose. Um, has with everything, it's it's grown. The grill is a fair amount larger than it was. But Lincoln was kind of though. It, no, it's not bad. Um, Lincoln was kind of crafty because the grill itself is larger, but they put it in basically a housing that mimics almost like a BMW sized grill that dips all the way down into the fascia. But 
with within that within that framework, you have the grill, and then you have the bumper that kind of separates the upper and the lower portion of the front. So it has a very large nose, but I think it's I think it's more proportional, and and I think it looks pretty good. Um, they gave it that facelift up front. They gave it new headlights. The headlights. I I made a note here because I couldn't remember exactly. Pixel projector LED headlights. So you can see in the dark. Big surprise there. Um, around back, the, they just gave it just a minor update around the back side. Um, actually, when you look at the back uh, versus the previous generation, you had the taillights that were bisected in the middle by chrome strip. They basically flipped that around. That chrome strip is now down on the bottom side. The taillights, the, the red lens runs all the way across the back. So, I mean, just that's how you're going to differentiate it on the outside. The inside, you're really not going to differentiate anything at all because it's the same, except like the grill, you have to always update your touchscreen. It has a slightly larger touchscreen now. What uh, What is that? 13.2 inches. Just a little bit larger. The big thing here, though, that I think is worth talking about is the tech updates. Um, you now have... Lincoln's version of Blue Cruise that's available. That uh, Bruce can we can we just play with this name a second because it's a terrible name. It and sounds well, like it, a Gillette Razor. You, you can't you can't call it Blue Cruise because that's what Ford uses. So Lincoln has to call it Active Glide. Active Glide. Active Glide. It's, it gives it's, you such a smooth shave. It, it's like they were. Glide. It's like they were thinking about the like the two thousand eight two thousand nine Ford Fusion. It's when they were when they were thinking like, just about call this, it Blue that, Cruise. So we know it's a we know it's, Lincoln and Ford are related. You're not yeah, fooling just, anybody. Just, just Blue Cruise. Well, I mean, Blue. You have your Blue Oval for Ford. I I agree. I think I get it. It's just I that think this individual branding of all of these various systems because it's what we it, should it, say is it, it's it's the exact same system. It's, it's the exact, the exact same, same technology. It's just it's the same tech because just, this is a link, right? And I, I think we passed the realm of sanity long ago when it comes to automakers trying to brand all of these same systems with their own individual name. This is Lincoln's hands-free driving system. It's exactly the same as Blue Cruise. You can use it on 130,000 miles of approved highways. Um, and we have a photo of... Uh, a lady driving her Lincoln hands-free on presumably an, an approved highway. Yep. And I mean, that that's a big deal. That That's a big deal for oh, a luxury it's totally SUV. A big deal. It's a useful feature. I just hate the name. I'm just it's, being a the, branding the name, job. The, the name is kind of ridiculous. The individual branding is kind of r- ridiculous, but it does move the navigator really a big step forward. And it needed to have that step forward. You can also get over the air updates now mm-hmm. in the new navigator updates for system modem upgrades. Lincoln says it can handle some preventative maintenance. I'm not exactly sure what they mean by that. I mean, you, it's not going to automatically change your oil for you, but that's part of the new system. Um, there are more standard safety assists that you can get on here on the, on the new navigator. Now, um, I mentioned no. earlier the upgraded massaging front seats. The the second row passengers now have massagers. There's a new digital control for a second row where they can manage everything from their climate control to their audio choices to their massaging, heating, cooling in the seats. Um, it's got upgraded active suspension that can actually – it has cameras looking forward 
that monitors the road. And then based on what it sees on the road versus based on the movements that the SUV is making in real time, it can adjust the suspension up to a hundred times a second to give you in theory, a much, much smoother ride. So there's, there's a predictive aspect um, in the navigator's new suspension. And I mean, the starting price, I don't think we have a, an official figure yet. That's I think the I've current said, navigator, no. the current navigator starts, I think, around 78, 79 grand. Um, you option it up, and of course, you can get over 100,000. There are a couple new black label editions too um, Manhattan, and gosh, I didn't write these down. But I mean, well, the, no, the here, long, I just want to do simple is, then, yeah. From the photo that we're looking at now, if you're watching on YouTube, we are looking at one with lots of wood trim, lots of. I don't know if that's chrome, if it's polished aluminum, what it is. It looks fantastic. Like I, I um, think the interior is gorgeous. American automakers gorgeous. in the past seven years or so, you look at the Escalade, you look at this, you look at some other vehicles, especially the, um, the Grand Wagoneer that's coming, that American automakers have just stepped up their game with interiors and they look fantastic. You've got these great wood veneers. You've got polished metal. You've got shiny metal. Like back in the day, you know, even in, uh, you know, if you look at the mid to late nineties, an escalator or a navigator. Yeah. They, (laughs) they look bad basically on the inside. Like, I mean, they were, they were basic badge engineered. Exactly. Chevrolets and Fords uh, with like leather seats, but the same plastics. Lincoln, to their credit, I mean, yeah, and Cadillac too. They're I and mean, Jeep. Let's not the Grand Wagoneer yeah. is looks good. All of these vehicles have very pedestrian bones, but great lengths are being taken to really differentiate themselves. Yeah. from those pedestrian bones. Just to clarify, the picture that that uh, that you. Uh, that, that you have up there right now, Bruce. Uh-huh. That's that is the Lincoln, the Navigator, Black Label series. They call that Central Park. Oh, of course, um, that's like the best one you can it's, get. It's oh, like I it's like, like it. an urban. It's it's like an urbany park theme that uses darker woods for trim. The other new Black Label series is called Invitation. It has dual laser etching, open pour, Kaya wood trim. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's. It's a lot of marketing speak for very, very upscale trim levels. But I agree. I mean, I like the Navigator interior much, much better than the Escalade. I think they both look great, if I'm honest. Like, I I would have to drive them both to decide whether or not I wanted one of the two. Because, honestly, they both look fantastic. I can't, you know, vouch for their infotainment tech or, you know, driving engine, stuff like that. But if you just look at the insides of the latest generations of American um, big SUVs, they look good. And kind of across the board, they look good. And Mm -hmm. I'm happy about that. You know, I'm happy that we finally have a real competitor against your Mercedes, BMW, Audi, Lexus, whatever. Mm-hmm. They've kind of finally stepped up their game, at least in terms of material quality stuff. Right. And, you know, I mean, I was thinking about this before we started the podcast. If I if I was looking at a large three-row luxury SUV, I mean, I still might go German for some of those. Um but honestly, the Navigator, the Escalade, you're still going to get more space in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would probably, I think I would choose Navigator. 
I really do. I think I would take Navigator over. I know I would take Navigator over Escalade. Um, I don't know how I feel yet about the Grand Wagoneer, but I think Lincoln. Well, that's the one we know the least about because it's not right. technically available yet, but we've seen kind of images and stuff of. But yeah. And I mean, Lincoln Navigator, the Rodney Dangerfield of luxury SUVs, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right there. Could be. Maybe this is the Rodney episode that we're talking about here. <laughs> oh, God. Let us know what you think, folks. Podcast at motorone.com. That's our email address. You can also follow me on Twitter at CH Writing. You can follow Bruce on Twitter, Chris Bruce1985. That's the one. We are we are being a little more active on Twitter. I'm not the kind of person that's like, hey, I'm sitting down for dinner and I just saw a Volkswagen Beetle drive by. I'm not I'm not posting stuff like that all the time, but I'm not that way either. But but uh, you know what? Uh, I mean, this this past week I posted up a couple observations that I had. Um I shared my third car that's actually, I didn't realize this, but I have an electric car. It Explain. sits in my, it sits in my living room oh, and it's, and it's okay. connected to my Xbox, right? Okay. Yeah. You know, little, little sim driving, but come yeah. on. I, I mean, I, I, I spent a lot of, a lot of wasted time in, sitting in, in that damn cockpit. So yeah, we're posting stuff like that on Twitter. Um, hit us up with tweets on some things that you want to know. Hit us up with emails, comments. Whoa, what a segue. Speaking of comments, I think it's comments time. Exactly. So um, our buddy Elric, who has uh, commented before, he had a pretty interesting question that goes very, back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. So I Very I timely wanted, as well, yeah. Very timely, yes. I wanted to answer that for him. So he said, great episode. Um, I have a forward-looking, and he had that in quotes. I didn't add that question for uh, for you for next week. Nissan is set to formally unveil the production version of the 400Z on August 18th. It's August 18th when we're recording this, so he's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what is the one thing that you are most excited about the new production Z, and what is what? I'm sorry, and what are you least excited about about hmm. the new production Z? I I think we kind of already answered that. Yeah, I would say for me, I think the engine is fantastic. I love that it still exists. I wish it wasn't kind of a 370Z with a major makeover. I wish, in, in my heart of hearts, I wish that Nissan had had the money to invest to build a whole new platform and everything. Because... I could be wrong about this and I'm not looking it up as we talk about it. So I could very much be wrong about this, but I think the 370 Z was an, uh, the chassis on it was a kind of a 50% evolution from the 350 Z. So that means that this platform has been around for forever. And I just, I wish that they had had the money to go in and do it properly. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can wish that, too, but it doesn't bother me that they didn't. I think the existing platform, as I already said, was good. Um, they just needed to do some updates that they did. The least thing that I'm excited about is the, the squarish nose. Um, I wish they deviated a little bit more on that from the concept. I wish they would have shrunk it down a little bit. I might change my mind on that when I finally see it in person. Most exciting I mean, the, the twin turbo V6 with a six-speed manual. Um, in, in an application like this, I think it's the perfect combination. I think this is going to be an outstanding driver's car. Um, I think it's going to be a refreshing experience for Nissan. And 
I'm looking forward to getting behind the wheel in a major way. Yeah. In um, a major way. Do you have our questions pulled up or do you want me to read another yeah, one? Yeah, no, I've, I've got some questions here. Let me, uh, cause, cause I know last week we, we talked all about Kuntosh last yes, week and we asked the entire and, episode and, and, and we asked people for their opinions. Um, so uh, let me, let me read one of these here. Um, this came in through uh, an email here. I, I'm just going to say the first name. Re, are you I? Rui, are you Rui, 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 Rui. We're not sure. We apologize, but we want to read your comments here because I thought it was a really good one. Um, hi, it's great hearing you guys week in, week out. I still think you could do the podcast two plus hours long. My stomach just totally won't do that because it's dinner time <laughs> right now. Uh, but probably your wives would disagree with me. No, she would be happy if I was just locked in this room for much, much longer than two hours. Yeah. And mine's um, in bed. So it's mostly, <laughs> we could do it two plus hours, but Smith's stomach and my bladder probably couldn't take it. <laughs> you know, there, there are pills for that. <laughs> <laughs> there are pills for my stomach too. Um, about the Countach, two things. First, I always preferred Lambos over Ferraris and being from 1986 and having played a lot of need for speed road and track, I kind of vaulted over the Countach and loved the Diablo. Hmm, interesting. And sadly, so put it out there. Need for Speed Road and Track, I think, is the original. That is that is the, the original first one they put I out. I remember which playing is hilarious. Can, why can't Motor One have like a video game like that? Like, wait, why can't we wait, have Need for Speed Motor One? We did have a video game. Don't you remember, Bruce? It was like Escape from 2020, where you had to drive uh, down a bridge. Okay, that was a time. Okay, it was like a small browser game. You're right. <laughs> it was yeah. a small. It was a small browser game, but yeah, it was a game right. that happened. Um, continuing on the con on the the comment here. Sadly, I think nowadays Ferrari is designing purposeful and contemporary cars, not just outdated and nostalgically curvy cars. And Lambo got obsessed with the hexagon thing. Not wrong there. Over design, over designing the cars to put them everywhere. So. And again, sadly, because I'm not really into the whole bringing back the past thing, never like the new Mini, the new Beetle, the new Thunderbird, etc. I think the new Countach is nearly perfect and the best looking Lambo since the Murcielago and the Gallardo. Thank you for the podcast and keep rambling. Rui, you lost me and I was with you until the very end. Yeah, I I got to disagree with you, Bruce. I I think... I, I think this hits right on the head. I think I think the new Countach looks fantastic because it's not over-designed. Talking about the hexagon thing, that is so spot on. Um, I and I talked about too. it. I, I talked about it a little bit last week where I think I, I was expecting pushback on the Countach because people were going to want something bonkers and crazy like the original Countach was. But we've become so used to bonkers, crazy supercars. If you try to compare a new Countach to modern cars instead of its context of the 70s and 80s, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. So in that respect, when you look at the new Countach, its lines are clean. Um, I mean, it, it has some it has some large side vents, but it's it's not trying to overdo itself. And yeah, yeah I, I, I and I dig that. And I do I do like it. I do like it better than the Mercy Lago. I do like it better. The, the Gallardo just never really did it for me. No, the guy, I, my opinion is that the Murcielago though is better looking than the Aventador. And I think I'm in the, the minority of that mm. maybe possibly, but th that's the only part I disagree with. I think the Murcielago 
was a better looking vehicle than the Aventador. Maybe I'm wrong. It's it's all, you know, kind of a matter of taste, matter of personal style type of thing. But, you know, assuming I could afford either, which I can't, <laughs> I, I would take, you know, a very nice Murcielago over an Aventador. But yeah. I, I I think I might as well. I, I think I might as well. But thank you for sending that in. That's a fantastic question. Totally. We, we, yeah. need, we need more like that. And, and we do have some more. Do, do you want to read some more, Bruce, here on Countach? I can read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me scroll up here we're here or or if you want i can read another one i got one here you got it you got it all right yeah yeah yeah. so this is from ted and he said another fun week last week you talked about conquest and my best friend and carpool partner in college had a brand new red wide body con conquest yes and uh and even as a die hard mustang guy i totally loved it um it was a hot rod spaceship which that's a good way to describe a conquest. Yeah. Um, and this week, the Countach is, uh, yeah, the Countach is great news. I've only seen two, uh, two in person. Ted, I'm not sure where you live, but you need to go some more car shows because they're not that. I've I've seen more than two Countaches in my life. Like I wouldn't say. Anyway, I think Ted, I might have only seen two on the road, but I mean, I've, I've oh, been yeah. to so many. I've been to so many shows where I mean, I've seen them. On, at shows I've never seen one on the road. I've seen several at car shows, but anyway, um, but it was always the most impressive car. And even amongst the crowd of exotics, new and old. And yeah, uh, someone will make a new one with a wide body and with a wing and it will be glorious. Uh, keep on podcasting. Thanks guys. And yeah, I agree. I think uh, we were talking about this in our chat at work that like, a company like Mansory or some other tuner is going to come up with fender flares and a huge wing and all sorts of parts for the new uh, Countach. And yeah, if you want it to look like that, there's going to be someone out there that'll let you look at, make it look like that. I can, I can fill that. Uh, I can fill that need right now here. Um, <laughs> you have a 3d because, printer. You can make it happen. Well, no, but um, a few days ago, we occasionally will do renderings. Oh, we did and, see that rendering. And, yes. And sure. the Sketch Monkey, who's who's a who's a really talented rendering yes. artist, um, did up a video giving us the new Countach, not with the not with the wide body flares, but with the wing. I have that to share for you right now. And honestly, I think, man, I think this is what Lamborghini should have done from the get go. Look at that! Look at that! And it, it it has it has retro it has the retro style deep dish wheels, larger size, but they look identical to those '80s wheels. I like those better than the the modern interpretation that they that they put on there. Yeah, um, you're not wrong. I really like the big wing on the back. That I, I mean, the clean lines of the new Countach are nice. I know they were going for the earlier LP400 model, but let's be honest, it became an icon. After it yeah. got the wing, after it got the the wide body, the the fender flares, after it got the wide tires, that's really when it became an icon, and that's how most most people are going to remember it. This rendering also took the headlights and just lowered them down the nose a little bit further, mm-hmm. and it added some little 25th anniversary uh, just kind of side strakes there on the ground effects underneath those side vents. I think it's a fantastic rendering. I I know somebody's going to get a new Countach and put a V wing on it. They, oh, totally. somebody's, somebody's going to have to do it. And after seeing a rendering like this, yeah, 
that uh, maybe that should have been the uh, maybe that should have been the Countach. Yeah, I I think those phone dial wheels. I think they should have been true circles rather than the hexagons that they are in the uh, production design. It it just fits the car better. And I think yeah. the wing looks good too, honestly. Like I think Sketch Monkey did a very, very good job with that rendering. He didn't he didn't change that much. He just kind of added the things that should have been added, and he did a very good job. Let me uh, let me read one more comment here, then we've got to move on. We've got to talk a sure. little bit about some Z history. Sure. Um uh, but we got this from Vampire Ver yeah vampire bear who who's commented before yep. and and this is in direct response to our question about choosing 80 supercars um and the comment goes my first choice of 80 supercars would be a 1989 porsche 911 930 s cabrio i like that's, his style that, that's a good choice good choice i drove a triple black one back in 89 but mine would be grand prix white with blue interior and top and white foosh wheels that's Oops. that's very, Fuchs. Fuchs. Sorry, Fuchs. Everybody knows by now I can't pronounce anything. I'm such a <laughs> I, I write. I don't speak. Right. Um, And I, I love I love the overabundance of white with the blue. That is I mean, I can see that in my mind. And that is such that is such an 80s look. Right. I mean, I don't know if it can get much more 80s than that. Um, second choice would be a white 88 Testarossa. I think it just got a little bit more 80s, Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> I drove both the white Testarossa and white Countach from Miami Vice while in Fort Lauderdale in June 89. That Countach is what made me hate Borgs. I'm after I'm very jealous that he got to drive both of those. I have not been able to drive either of those and I want yeah. to. So if you can like hook me up, if you are in the <laughs> northwestern Ohio area, you email us and I'll be happy to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't driven either one of those. Everybody says the Countach is a terrible vehicle to drive, and that they honestly say that, but that, I wonder that makes, what that, that really means. That makes me want to drive it more because yeah. because now we're we're not just talking about the act of driving; we're talking about having a very specific driving experience that's unique to a car. And I love that sort of thing. I love driving the three cylinder Metro the three cylinder Chevy Metro that I had for a few months, not because it was comfortable or fast, but because it just had its own character. And I found that endearing. And I, I am almost positive. I would, I would have that attraction to uh, Countach. Um, the comment wraps up here after getting out. It feels like you've been in a rock tumbler. Yeah. I can imagine after being by, after being beaten by a biker gang, keep up the great work guys. Well, thanks very much for the comment and for sharing that experience. Um, yeah, I mean, we were asking people, you know, what would you choose for 80 supercars? Um, mine were the 288 GTO Ferrari and the, uh, and the Countach. Bruce, yeah. you, you had the F40, F40 and, I kept, 959. and the 959. So between the two of us, man, we got it covered. Yeah, totally. We got it I, covered. I, I wouldn't change either yours or mine. They're all fantastic cars. And of course, for next week's show, podcast or motor1.com i'll keep repeating that email because we love the emails comment on the articles that we put up every friday um, at motor1.com you can comment on our youtube videos as they go up um and also motor one podcast is our youtube channel get over there and like and follow us as we build up we're building up followers slowly but surely the more mm -hmm. we get the more we can do for you so let's 
Whew. Let's let's talk a little bit more about Z because we're both kind of fascinated with uh, the history of the Nissan Z back. We are, uh, yeah. Course, so when it was just, Datsun and then moving forward. So it's funny. So I this is a personal thing, but this week uh, I got to stretch. Sorry. Go ahead and stretch, man. I can I can vamp here for you. I bought uh, the I received this from eBay. Um, <laughs> this is a 300 ZX Fair Lady twin turbo. Uh, to me, a model. Um, I will be building it probably in the next couple months or so. I've got kind of a stash of models I need to build. But yeah, I've been in weirdly in a late late 80s, early 90s Japanese car kind of thing recently. Just that era really has been fascinating me. Um, me as well. Yeah, and- it's, it's not just you. I, I don't know. I mean, is it is it because we've been building up for Z and we have Supra? I mean, is that is that has that rekindled something? Maybe I think I, I think honestly, maybe I think that, at, you know, you and I at work, we were writing about these cars a lot that, you know, it kind of gets it in your head. And you and I both enjoy building models. We enjoy mm-hmm. the, you know, the ink, the intricacy of it, the fact that you have all of these tiny parts that you have to detail and then put together that there's something, there's something really fun about that. Um, and it's not fun to everybody, obviously, but it's fun, at least to me. And I think it's fun to you. So it's, it's been good times recently. It's, Um, It's kind of become a lost art. Um, there's so many distractions with video games and phones and, and such. I mean, you really have to sit down and take your time um, and that's a lesson that I didn't learn until very, very late in life, because I, I, I remember as a kid, I'd sit down and build a car model in like a day. Oh, Jesus. Really? Like, like painting and everything. And of course, I mean, there would be fingerprints on the seats because the seats weren't dry when I'm trying to glue them into the interior. And then I'm spray bombing the outside. I mean, I did say I built them good, but it was just like, I want it built. I want it done as quick as possible. It took me a long time to realize you have to enjoy the process. Yeah, the pro- the detailing is what I love. Um, screw it here. Hold on one second. Vamp for me one second. And I'll show you what I'm we working on right now. So- and if our viewers don't like it, screw that. <laughs> of course, our viewers are going to like it um, because this is the essence of rambling about cars. No, um, I was actually going to buy. I was trying really hard to buy a 300 uh, ZX a Z31 model. Uh, when I did my 80s car event uh, a few weeks back, because I've, I mean, I've got my 125th scale loaded semi truck behind me loaded with 80s and 90s cars. I ended up getting an A80 Super because I just, I couldn't get a 300, a Z31, uh, 300 in time. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, models, ah, it's, it, it's definitely shifted over the years to become something instead of just getting it done because I want to look at the car to, ah, I, I want to enjoy the process of building. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, to me, it's a weird type of Zen thing at night that I kind of turn on a movie, you know, maybe I pour myself a drink and, you know, you very slowly kind of detail various pieces. So the one I'm working on right now, I've got a Subaru XT oh, look at um, that from the late eighties. And, and, and I, the box art too. The box art looks fantastic. Yeah. And you know? I custom mixed a color to try to match the interior as closely as I could, but I've got a bunch of paint and I've just been, you know, trying to make it look 
as realistic as possible. And that's the fun in it that you just kind of sit there and you end up watching a 90 minute movie and maybe you've detailed one large part, but that's the fun. Like it's just a slow contemplative process. There, there are quite a few people that I follow both in Facebook groups and on YouTube um, that, that build models that uh, I'll, I'll have to try to recommend to you here after the podcast. Um, and, and hey, maybe we can even try to get them on the podcast at, at one yeah, point. I know, totally. I know one of the guys. Um, what's his? I think it's Onyx Models on Facebook. Um, he did a Fiero, a Pontiac Fiero mm-hmm. that looks. I mean, if you could shrink down to one twenty fifth your size, you could get in it and drive it away. The detail work on that thing was just phenomenal. Um, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting off of the Z yeah, subject no, no, no. here. We, we totally but, are. And and I apologize for anyone who is skipping around this episode. We are now getting back to Z. We, we are getting back right to now. Z, but I just, uh, I'll wrap it up by saying I'm going to build a model of a Z31 300ZX just because I, I want to, I want to detail every single little button in that interior. But um, so what we're, I, in researching this episode for today, I found this website is called zhome.com and they have uh, kind of very granular information about production of the Nissan Z cars. And I was fascinated to find this because I didn't realize how low, relatively speaking, the sales for these cars were. So first year of the Z, 1970, this is a 240Z, 16,000 units. Okay. I can first understand year. a first year. It what is that? Nearly doubles what sixteen thirty? Yeah, yeah. Damn oh. near, nearly doubles to thirty three thousand units in seventy one, and then jumps to fifty two thousand, almost fifty four or almost fifty three thousand units yeah. in seventy two. Like it was a success. But I want to show you something else that. So we're talking about seventy two. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think that's bad at all um, for the context of the time in the United States. Uh, I mean, you still had Ford, General Motors, Chrysler. Those were the cars you bought. The the imports from Japan, from Europe, they weren't really hitting much. Um, right. Americans still bought predominantly American. So when you say fifty four thousand in seventy two. I don't think that's bad at all, but until now, you look at 1972. So this is courtesy of car and driver. They put together, I I'll link to this in our, uh, uh our post. Um, but 125,000 Mustangs were sold 68,000 Camaros. So, okay. You could say 52,000 to 68,000. That's yeah, not that's, that bad. That's, that's not too far off, but I mean, but I mean, 125,000 Mustang. Mustangs in 1972. And, and that was at a point where Mustang sales were starting to drop a little bit because the car was big and the fuel crisis, the, the emissions were starting to become a factor. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a low number for, for Mustang actually. And, and so what I, Another thing that I thought was interesting here, so I'm going to switch back. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. Um, so this is 1978, 1979. Um, or I'm sorry, 1977, 1978. Um, production grows to 54,594 Z cars in the U.S. for 1977. Um, you look at that and you compare it to... Mustang and Camaro sales 
which we will get to rate that right. Yeah, now. I mean, I mean, I know where you're going with this because seven. So seventy nine. That's a strong year for Z car sales. Three hundred and six, basically three hundred and seventy thousand Mustangs, three hundred and eighty three thousand Camaros. Yeah, the same year. I mean, I'm I'm not. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um, we're talking about fairly niche vehicles. The Z is is going to be more niche than Mustang or Camaro because I mean, those cars at least had back seats. Um, sure. But I mean, their their primary purpose was fun. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just not sure it's, it's an interesting comparison, but I'm not sure it's, it's really valid in, in context. But you uh, don't I mean, it, the same person shopping for a Mustang or Camaro at the time, that kind of pony car type thing. I feel as though 240, 260, 280Z, those feel to me, maybe I'm wrong. I'll, if, Hey, commenters, if you think I'm wrong, tell me, I feel as though those fill the same niche. Am I? Yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't think they do really. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think, I think you had more of a sports car minded person going for 240, 260, 280. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, we're talking sports car versus pony car, which I know some people, for some people that's splitting hairs, but yeah. I see those as two very, very different genres. Um, where you're going to buy a Mustang, you're not really thinking about something with handling and a certain balance. You're thinking about more maybe of a lifestyle. Um, and, of course, you're also thinking about power, which Mustang didn't have through that era. Um, Camaro. Yeah, we're well really, into did, Mustang, too. Did, didn't, didn't, didn't really have it either. Um I mean, I mean, Ford reinvented the Mustang too for the time, and I mean, I'll argue that point with anybody to the end of time that Ford made the right decision. The fact that they sold sales, so many of them, yeah, like, yeah. Here, let me pull um, that up. If you look at well, sales, well, seventy seventy nine is the first year for the Fox. That's not that's not Mustang too. That's the first year for the Fox body. Seventy eight was the last year for the for the Mustang too. But the Mustang two sales were still were still really strong up there. Um, but to to kind of go along with what you're saying there, oh, I no, wonder. Be- no, no, what you're saying, like, look. So sure, Mustang sales are insane starting out. Uh, we're yeah. looking at 66, all, the, all the way 65, You know, over half a million a year. But then seventy four, you get to three hundred and eighty six thousand a year. Yep. Seventy nine, you're at three hundred and seventy thousand. Like. The Mustang was just an insane seller, especially if you look at it by modern times. Now, for that period, let, let me let me piggyback off of that. Okay, um, let me piggyback off that by sharing a photo of a car that you are not going to want to see. Um, even though I I don't think it's so bad, um, but I have to wonder since you're talking about Mustang and Camaro. Was was Datsun at the time really trying to break into that market with their 280 ZX 2x2? God, that's a bad car. The, 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 the Z the Z car with the back seat? Because I would consider this more of a competitor with Mustang and Camaro of the time. It was. And, and, and I have to wonder if Nissan was thinking that too. Hey, maybe we can get more buyers for our sports car if there's room for you know a couple small kids in the back. Now... 
this is this is I know a lot of people just don't like the 280 two by two. Um, it's the worst the Z car it's ever. Not, no, I don't think I don't think it's the worst. I would. I can't think of anything worse. Like if, I would. If, if you gave me a 350, a choice of a 350Z or this, honestly, I would take this. No. If you gave me a choice between this or a 260, I would take this. You're crazy at that point. Every, no, every, what every, the hell every are you other, about? No, no. Every other, every other, every other Z car, I would take. I'm, I'm not saying this is the best. No, um, no, no. But no, I mean, no. I, I still think, I still think it has handsome lines. I think it has a little more functionality. It's, it's still going to be a fun car to drive. That it's, back it's end just, is bad. It's just got a. It's just got a little more space. It's not that yeah. bad. Come on. She's got but, a little I mean, more but, junk in the trunk. But but Morty. But more to your point. I mean. I mean. We saw the two by twos come out in this time period, yeah. and you pointing out the sale. I think that's a very astute point. Um, if you're if you're Dotson at the time, trying to look at the American market with your sports car, how are you going to break into that? Um, looking at this just insane wall of hundreds of thousands of Mustangs and Camaros being sold each year. How are we going to break into that? And I mean, of course they started with the 240 sales. I mean, as we just saw, I don't think they were bad at all in context of the time, but I'm sure executives in Japan were thinking, Oh, well, how can we, how can we make this better? So, you know what? They tried, I, it didn't work. I mean, in hindsight, we know it didn't work. We well, know we're we looking here. We we know they didn't sell that many of the uh, no. of, of the two eighty two by twos. And I will concede that the that the regular two seater, oh, the the two eighty, uh, that definitely looks better. Absolutely. But I I just I have a thing for loving cars that most people don't, and maybe that makes me a charity case. But I just I just don't see I don't see that two eighty two plus two as being that bad. Let me put it this way. It's the worst of the bunch, but if someone rolled it up to me and said, hey, do you want this? I also wouldn't say no because I would appreciate its weirdness and its quirkiness. But if I had to buy one, it it would have to be at a distinct discount from the the two-seater. I don't know, but, you know. After after what I just said, I might have to eat a little crow because we're looking at a picture of a two sixty right now. The yeah, two sixty is fine. The two sixty is just a two forty with kind of a bad bumper. Yeah, the the but it. I will concede. Okay, it looks better than the two eighty. Of course, I'd, it does. I'd, I'd still I'd still rather have the two eighty two plus two over a three fifty. The three fifty just just never really excited me that much. Sure. It just it just never it just never really got me that excited. But Here. yeah, that the, the two sixty looks good. The two sixty looks good. I let me find a good photo here. I've got a controversial statement. Uh oh. I think the three hundred turbo is fantastic looking. And I know a lot of people disagree with me with that weird inlet. Oh damn it. <laughs> it's a little tiny photo. Hold yeah. on, hold on, Bruce. Hold on, Bruce. I can save the day here because no. I actually I have that same photo queued up here, ready to go. That's the anniversary model, right? Yeah, yeah. I I love that car. You won't you won't hear me disagree at all. Given yep, the same one, but given, you can see given that first choice inlet on the driver's side uh, corner yep. for the turbo. I think that's fantastic. 
Oh, I love I love everything about this car. This any Z car from the brand new Z to the 240, I would take the Z31 300. That, that's at the very top of my list. The very top of my list. I would put and, 240. I would put the original first and that second. And I mean, in the 80s, in the United States, turbocharged. I think these were well, like 205 horse. I mean, not. Close. Not not stellar by by Modern any means, standards, but yeah. But at at the time, in the mid eighties, I mean that was that was what the Mustangs, the Camaros, it was it was competitive right there with all of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I love I love the wedge shape of that car. That's what I love the the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. I I love just just the narrow the just the real narrow front clip. Yeah, the the turbo intake over here that you're talking about. I love everything about that. Now, that's the outside, Bruce. What about the inside of these cars? I don't think there's a better 80s interior than the Z31 300 ZX. Oh, with the, the with the with digital the digital, the digital yeah. dash and the cassette player with a separate equalizer. I I just think that is I mean in the 1980s, that was the future. That you got in that thing, it looked like the future. It just it had the digital readouts on the dash. I mean, it's it's not like a digital screen like you think you know. No, 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 no. It's it, it's this when you weird, shut the car like, off. Computer game. Thing. Yeah, when you shut the car off, you still saw a bunch of this stuff. But yeah, when the car was running, I mean, it it would have lights in motion, and it it felt like you were in the space shuttle, right? It, it felt like you were in the space shuttle, and you know what? It still has the uh, the two gauges there, the middle angle towards the driver, which, and this actually one of them looks like a compass. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that before. They they put a compass there in the uh, in the middle of the dash. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that that classic shift boot, the just kind of the rubber looking shift boot, I think this this is right up there with one of the coolest interiors of the 1980s. I prove I- prove me wrong. I anybody prove me wrong there. i can't anybody prove me wrong send me photos prove yeah. me wrong all right man I, I think this is the show for tonight i think it's just you and i <laughs> geeking over the late 1980s like i think that's just what the show tonight is like uh, people are going to tell us we're wrong like people are going to tell us that modern technology is better but I love this aesthetic. I love the way these cars look. I love that super sharp wedge shape on the outside and that it's not even it's digital, but it's like dumb digital. It's it's you know what (laughs) I mean? Like we have the best description. We have digital cabins today. Like you look at a lot of high and even mid end cars and they have digital instrument clusters. And but this is just like lights that flash and get brighter and things like that. It's the, I anti, love it. it's the anti-minimalist cockpit in, yes. in the biggest way, the yes. same way that, that the vector was trying to be basically a fighter jet. It was trying to mimic a fighter jet for the road. Um, at this time, the future was we'll have switches for everything. You'll get in there. You'll have um, just this insane control. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to love about it, but I don't know. I keep going back to this, to this anniversary photo 
this 50th anniversary 300 Z31. <sighs> now, to be fair, I mean the Z32 300ZX. That was that was a nice oh, wait, car wait, as wait. well. Let's look at the vector. Like it's just such a stupid it's useless, but it's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know that it's beautiful. It's functional. Okay. Yeah, right. It's it's functional. It's functional and it's I mean it's it's not beautiful. It's functional and official, maybe is a good way to describe no, it. No, it's not a f- it, it's official. Every yeah. button is clearly labeled. Every switch is clearly labeled. But there are so many of them, and so many of them. Right, seem it's, it's not. Pointless. It's not. It's not integrated into one control. Each function has its own control. Yeah. With a little digital screen in the middle telling you when a door was up or the engine hatch was up. I know we're supposed to be talking about Z, but yeah, no, but, I, the, no, the, this the is vector. what rambling about cars is. Where you're the, rambling and it's fun. <laughs> the the vector, the vector was definitely cool. Yeah. Um. But you know what? At, at the same token, before we go, okay, I I do need to let let me share this. Let, let yeah. me give this quick shout out to the Z32, uh, especially because there are a couple out here in my town of Rapid City mm-hmm. that just look fantastic. Um, being next to an Air Force base you tend to see some of the more um, rare cars. Uh, there are a couple uh, JDM right-hand drive 300 ZXs. And t- this isn't one of them. This is, this is just a generic picture online. Okay. But I, I mean, that's a good looking car too, man, with the T tops. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's a, that's a great looking car. And with the twin turbo V six in America, that was 300 horsepower. Mm-hmm. And I think I think these these Z32s are like maybe one of the one of the best unknown buys right now. We were they, talking about they, this in chat recently that yeah. like the Supra and the RX7 the have Supra RX7 in the stratosphere. Yeah. The 300ZX like it's kind of it's kind of slipping under the radar. And these things weren't bad. They weren't slow. They looked no. fantastic. Yeah. Um so I I think maybe the moral of the story here is the new Z has a lot to live up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it, it has to worry about the 350 or the 370 Z. I think it has to live up to the Z32 and the Z31 yeah. and uh, and the 282 by two. That's the one it doesn't know. <laughs> but sure, fine. If you want to say that, fine. Just, just give it to me. Just give I'll it to give me. it to you. Deal. What do Wait, you, what what do you think, folks? What does the new Z have to live up to? Well, here, one real quick, one second. While okay, okay, one, this one, up, one second. I before do want to say that the 300ZX is an affordable car, and mm-hmm. so we are looking at one this not is, this, nearby me. This is in Akron, Ohio. So it's like, is this is this the one that you sent me earlier today that I should buy? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's yeah. like two and a half hours from me, but. <laughs> $7,500. Sadly, the guy doesn't provide an underhood picture, but like it, you can, st- for whatever reason, you can still get these for a reasonable amount of yeah. money. And like, it looks, it looks good. $7,500 is a normal guy amount of money. You're, you're, you're not a millionaire. You're not, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's affordable. that is, 
it's affordable. That would be a fun, good-looking car that you could take to car shows and get totally. attention. And I mean, if it's looking good, maybe trophies. Um, maybe. It would be fun to. You it know, would be fun to drive. Wax it up, yeah. Hey, I I got a car show trophy with my '87 Mercury Sables freaking station wagon. You spend some time, you make your car look good, you do a presentation, people like it. Okay. And it's super easy to do with a 300ZX with a Z31. Yeah. Do we do we want to wrap it up? Let's let's we're like an hour 15. We should probably yeah, I think That's the show. We, for we tonight. should probably we should probably do our our thing. You know, email us at podcast at motor1.com. That's the email. Your your thoughts on the Z, your thoughts on Z history, your thoughts on me liking the 282 plus 2. That's I know I'm the in the minority. I'm I know I'm in the minority, but it's not the worst one. The 350 is the worst one. But uh, we can we can probably hash that out later on. Podcast at motor1.com. Chris Bruce 1985 on Twitter at CH writing on Twitter. Yep. Thank you for listening, Bruce. You know what? Yeah, to do. of course. Um, so a couple things. Um, as always, we, so Smith and I try to respond to every comment that you leave us, whether it's email, whether it's on the post that we put up every Friday on the site or whether it's on the YouTube video. So if you comment, at minimum, you're going to get a thanks for listening, and you're probably going to get a little bit more than that. So if you like the show, you have a criticism about the show, you have a something you want to say, let us know because we are watching those things. And I can promise you that because we do. Um, and then as always, good afternoon or good evening or good night. Whenever you happen to be listening to this show, we appreciate every listen that you do. Um you know, our Slack chat at work is a lot of rambling about cars. It's posting stuff. It's talking about nerdy stuff. It's it's sending it, your coworkers ads for cars when oh, there's a lot when, of that. When you wow. know, when you know, he has to sell one car before he can buy another one. There's a lot of that. So <laughs> we're going to be doing this anyway, but we love your uh, participation in it. Yeah. So yeah, so comment like subscribe whatever it is we appreciate it and we appreciate you listening so that's 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 it but that's it yeah we'll we'll see you later everybody yep. all right bye bye lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.